discuss the pronunciation of your name because I will say this, and I, you and I talked about it briefly when we were at the uh, we were at the we were at the summit. Is I had uh, when I was first starting out my in personal personal training, I made my entire business off the Armenian community, and what I mean is like I had a really like nice Armenian woman, and she lost a ton of weight, and she brought all of her friends in to see me, and just she was like a really big person in the community, like just like prominent on all the boards and all this stuff, and one of the things that helped me a ton was pronunciation. I'm just saying this out loud. I know that this they they would echo this is that I was I respected the pronunciation of their names enough and that they saw me as like I don't know, just like slightly I don't know, not like a dumb meathead, I guess. I'm not trying to be like a, you know, I had a lot of like Aras and Zadurians and and Amerikanians and like just like all of these like Chapan and and all of these names, I could uh, you know, Arians and all these names and the fact that I would just give an attempt to pronounce your name correctly, like and so I'm guessing it's more of like an Aram or it's, it's uh, you know, I, I don't want to get you on here and be like, Aram, what's up, man? You know, like, and so just just like, what would be the correct pronunciation of your name going forward? So I guess ethnically, if we're talking about like being yeah. Armenian and being named Aram, like I pronounce it Aram. Yeah. And that's kind of how everybody cool. else pronounces it. But it like, if your if grandma's you Armenian, coming down. Yeah, your grandma's yeah, Aram. coming down. Yeah. Aram, yeah. Aram, 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 John. Do you speak, do you speak Armenian? Uh, I understand some of it. I'm I'm fluent in Russian because my okay. father's cool. are my father's Armenian, my mother's Russian, but I was born in St. Petersburg. Got it. Ooh, tell me yeah. a little bit about that. How did you How did you guys uh, make your way over here? Uh, we did not take a boat. Which yeah, is very not, not efficient. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so back then it was still communism, so you had to quarantine. Um, basically, you got let in on different statuses. So we went through a Hebrew federation called Hias because my mother's Jewish. So basically we we claimed like religious persecution and we were sponsored by the foundation. So we had to spend two weeks in Vienna, Austria, and then we spent three months in a small town out uh five. Shit. And then small town and outside of Rome, Italy. It was called Santa Marinella, and it was like this little beach town. And my parents almost didn't want to leave. They're like, this is fucking awesome because it's beautiful here. And they're paying for us to stay in this apartment. And like my father's like, oh, we're already trying to figure out like the Armenian angles of like, how do we milk this for the next 20 years? Uh, and then we ended up in New Haven, Connecticut. So okay, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. You guys, yeah. do you guys um yeah, whatever. We don't need to go into like religion stuff. There's just a big Armenian community where I'm from, and so it's just like I've seen just like infiltrated that, that, um, that group. They're very nice people, very kind, very welcoming people, very, very like proud people for sure, you know, but oh, uh, yeah. definitely a lot of history there. And so I'm, I'm, I have a couple of my clients' daughters that they'll never listen to this, but they're like in incredibly involved in the just discussion and, and, you know, the Armenian genocide and making sure that there's like, like, like within the, within our government and all that stuff. We don't even get overly political today, but this definitely is something I'm like, well, up to speed on thanks to these, to my experience with that. So that, that's cool and all. Um, you guys came to New Haven, Connecticut. That's where you're at right now. No, I'm in, I'm in San Diego now. So I spent most of my life in Connecticut. It was either between New Haven, Cheshire, where I grew up and then moved back down to Stanford. So I was pretty close to you guys in Jersey. Uh, dated a couple of Jersey people, spent a lot of time in like Hoboken and oh, yeah. Warren, Warren nice. and had a house in Manasquan. So, yep. Yeah. We talked briefly about that. That's yeah. We're from Englewood. So right near Hoboken yeah. for sure. Yeah. That's cool that uh, you got sick of them and you came to San, you went to San Diego, which is an unbelievable trade. So well played. Yeah. Yo, dude. I mean, when I, when I realized that my business was mostly remote, I'm like, what am I still doing here in the cold and the snow? Like I'm out of here. Yeah. Yeah, that literally was what we did. The COVID hit, and I at the time I owned a gym, and I immediately sold to my partner. And I looked at Jenna, and I'm like, 
the fuck are we doing here? I was like, we, we yeah. went to Arizona. We went to the, we stayed in a couple of different places and then moved to Texas. And just, I'm with you on that. We're, we have really enjoyed the quality of life adjustments. Do you, do you love San Diego? Can you pitch me on San Diego quick? Is it awesome? Uh, it's been weird because the Ooh, first year I, I was start. here, the weather was like perfect. Um, but the last two months, it's been the rainiest, I guess, it's ever been here for whatever reason. Uh, but typically, I mean, listen, it's it's 64 right now and the sun's already out. And this is this is essentially what it's like every single day Hi, for time. now, from now until the rest of the summer and then all through the fall. And really, you have like a, a tiny bit of a wet season. But like I still I, I still wear shorts 365 days a year. You don't you know, your house I'm, I'm anyway. 10 minutes from, no, I'm just kidding. Exactly. That's true. I mean, I'm 10 minutes from the beach. I'm 20 minutes from the mountains. Uh, you can get to the airport in, in Tijuana and then fly within Mexico for nothing because you can just cross over the border. Um, you could fly anywhere to any of the big national parks in the, in, in the on the West Coast of America. So, like, I just I feel like being on the West Coast gives you a much better topography to play with and a little bit more to do as opposed to being on the East Coast where really all you have is like Europe. Florida. And, you get your, you and, have a little yeah, closer you flight can, to Europe for sure, but I'm with you on that. Way. I mean, if I'm within the United States, like there's just way more to do on the West Coast. I always, I've, we've traveled West somewhere every single opportunity that we have in the last like five years. And so, yeah, I understand that for sure. Definitely way better hiking, way better nature. Absolutely. No doubt. Cool. Yeah, man, it's, it's been a great move. We're going to, we're obviously going to talk a little bit about, you know, you hosted and put on and ran the Real Coaches Summit, which was awesome. I definitely want to get into that, but let's do a quick backstory before you came to doing, came to doing that, uh, came to be doing that. Uh, just a little bit of backstory, who you are, what you do in the industry, how you got into this. Give, give everybody that spiel real quick. Uh, mostly on the floor training has been an in-person training has been my, my bread and butter for essentially almost 15 years. I only really started, I LLC'd my remote business in 2019 in October uh, and then slowly transitioned out of in-person. I mean, when I was in Connecticut, I was 100% in person. I didn't do any online whatsoever. I was seeing about six to eight people a day, seven days a week, um, doing very well with it. And then um, when COVID hit, I, uh, I went through a pretty bad breakup and then I was just like, you know what, I don't really need to be here anymore. I want to do the online thing anyway. So it kind of just forced me into that direction naturally. I keep a couple people here in person just because I I was given the opportunity to and why not? But I don't enjoy it as much anymore. I mean, I'm sure you've been in that business for a long time too. You understand how like, A, it's tough to scale. Um, B, it's just exhausting to be like on for four or five hours straight with people. Um, and then the other part is just, you kind of feel like a hair appointment after a while. Like people are just kind of running in They're They're bringing their baggage with them. They're thinking about something else. I have much more control over the, over a client's results when I can work with their lifestyle cohesively, as opposed to just, I'm going to train you for an hour and then you're going to leave and then forget about everything we talked about. Um, so I just, I, I think if you could do a hybrid in, like I have one person who I've done a hybrid in person and then coaching model with, and he's doing great. But most people aren't going to be able to a afford that or b you know be available for that. So it's um, a little cynical. Yeah. I don't mean to be. I I'm, I don't mean to agree with you 100. percent I feel like there would be like it'd be a nice thing to push back on. But um, that was my experience. We lived in a very like high net worth area. Like everyone was like very wealthy in, the, in Bergen County. It's like incredibly wealthy, and and that was really good for business in the sense that people had a lot of disposable income to spend on you know really high a dollar amount per hour training, which was great. Um, and we got some good results, you know, people got decent results, but it, 
it felt, uh, it's, I will just say neutral. I'm not going to try and make it sound better or worse, but it is a clientele. Like if you just think about it, here's how I saw it is that the, it, the difference between like online coaching, let's say, and in-person training is, is in-person training like pre-selects a person who wouldn't do it unless that you were, they were literally physically with you in person. And and by the way, that's amazing. Cause guess what? You get to be for that person. You get to be the only reason that they're working out at all, which is awesome. Totally awesome. But if you work online, it pre-selects for somebody who already knows I'm going to have to do a lot of this work myself. Like it pre-selects for someone who's looking for help, but not necessarily you handing, like holding their hand. And I don't, it's not a better or worse thing. Cause we worked with like, again, high net worth individuals, whatever, like people like, uh, you know, very successful people. Um, and they wouldn't work out at all if not for you. And so it's a beautiful thing. It totally is. But when you do that for 10 straight hours a day and all, and I'm speaking my own experience, I'm not trying to generalize, but all I wanted to do was have maybe a, a larger impact and take and, and teach and educate. And, and, you know, yes, you are working out two hours a week because I exist and otherwise you wouldn't. And that's awesome. But like, I wasn't doing any of the things that I learned in, in school and in courses. I wasn't capitalizing on that. Maybe that's my own fault. Like you said, there's a hybrid, there's a hybrid available. But anyway, going online, I was very much able to, to quench that thirst of really wanting to apply the information that I was learning. I was very excited about whatever it was at the time. And so I found that to be the case. The one thing I will ask you is, do you feel like that just even having those people in person, like in some ways keeps you sharp. Like I think that it's very clear when you talk to somebody who's never worked with people in person because there's just something missing in your like understanding of the actual human interaction. Whereas like you're still doing it, which is, I mean, you still have a couple of people here and there, whatever you said, but you feel like there's like, yeah, I can imagine maybe you like the online stuff more. I would second that notion as well. But um, do you feel like it keeps you sharp? It's like good to keep you, keep some of that in, in your in your day-to-day, week-to-week? I can be completely fine not having any of it now. I mean, dude, I've- Yeah, I'm, you've done I'm it for a long time. I'm almost 40. I've been doing this since I was 25. So like, how much more sharpening do I really sure. need in person? Yeah. The interpersonal skills are there. The communication skills are there. The tactile cueing is there. I don't need any of that stuff. If anything, what I'll do is I'll practice- some of my non-tactile cueing on some of my in-person people to see if it resonates, which is a nice place to to kind of practice that on the ground. Um, and that way it just helps me communicate things that I, you know, if I'm re- reviewing a, um, a video over text, somebody sent me and I'm trying to give them feedback. I come up with more clever ways to help them with a lateral raise or help them with a lat pull down because I've been able to practice it in person and see it work. But that's probably the extent of where I would say that ends. Yeah. And, and, and doing it for a decade, you know, it's not like those skills completely go away. Definitely not. Let's, let's pivot a little bit because I think, uh, I have, you were kind enough to invite me to come speak. I had a blast by the way. We don't need to talk about that. I had a wonderful time. Really, really great. And, and we'll talk about some of the things that maybe I liked and, and just like, you know, things that I noticed as well. But, um, I, I think that there's, when I went into the online space, I don't know if I consumed a lot of these, when I say consumed, I mean, attended a lot of these things. I know NCI does some things and, you know, um, I, I couldn't even name drop other ones. And I've been to, I've like seen individuals speak before, but this idea mm-hmm. of like a couple days in a row of like multiple speakers with multiple topics and, you know, trying to absorb as much information is probably something I've only done once before. And so I'm, I know that that's, that's not the case for you, that you've been to a lot of these things before. And so I kind of just, I'm going to let you take the reins of this, but I'm curious how the idea came about, just how that idea was generated in your brain. It's like, oh, this is something I want to do. And then we'll talk a little bit about like what you were trying to hope to accomplish and with maybe some of the ways that you made it your own. 
So I've been going to these things, I would say probably since like 2012, 13. Uh, I think the first big one I went to was perform better. Uh, Mike Boyle's thing. Um, and that was very much the same format round Robin, multiple speakers, multiple rooms, different disciplines. And what I immediately found out about that format was it's cool because I get to pick stuff that I want to actually learn about. Cause like if there's a kettlebell swing class and I don't need to see that again for the 18th time, I'm not going to go. Um, so that was nice to have those, that optionality. The problem with that was it, it attracts everybody and anybody. So there's no select selection whatsoever. It's just basically if you have 500 bucks, you're coming. Um, there was no camaraderie. Everybody was in their own little cliques. There was no break. There was no ability to really communicate unless you kind of like stepped out of your comfort zone as head of people. There was name badges and stuff, but it was very on a very grandiose grand scale. So you almost kind of went by yourself, you left by yourself, and then that was it. So it was good on the educational content piece, which was great if you just wanted to be a nerd and come learn. But from a business standpoint, from a uh, kind of a connectivity standpoint, there was nothing. And then there was other events that I've been to where it's basically more motivational and salesy than anything else. And it's not really content or discipline driven. So you're just basically being talked at and you're not being taught anything. You're just being essentially given like 30,000 foot views of all these really kind of topics that aren't going to really make a difference in your life or your business, but it fires people up because it's all emotionally driven and heartstring driven. And then there's always a sales pitch at the end for some type of a mastermind or course, whatever else. So that turned me off. And then there was a couple of things in the middle where like the ISSNs were really dry, just like somebody standing in a button up shirt behind a podium, regurgitating PubMed articles and just really just, just mundane. And, but then also talking about stuff that you and I have known for a decade, like we know that protein is important. I, I don't need to hear any more about it. Like how is what is coming out that's breakthrough, cutting edge, that I can get my clients excited about that might move the needle for Mrs. Jones because she's struggling and there's none of that. We know that. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to create, basically fill that void. Like where's the, like I saw all these different things and I saw that there was a void. I don't want sales. I want connectivity. I want camaraderie. I want connection. I want it to be intimate. I want it to be more exclusive. But I also want it to be highly applicable and highly educational to where somebody could leave that moment and immediately apply it to their work with their clients and get some type of a new result. And that's what I basically did. I just I, I had spoken to um, Juan Dolgowski on Instagram Messenger and we were kind of chatting how it would be cool for a bunch of us to get together and swap ideas and swap stories and just coaches collaborating with other coaches. And that was how the idea was born. And then a client of mine is part owner of the Virgin Hotel. His uh, his investment group took over like 70% ownership of it when they when the hard rock went under. So I communicated with them and then got the ball rolling. And then before I knew it, there was like a schedule of deposits that I owed them. And I was like, uh, okay, so you guys want 75 grand by when? And they're like, February. I said, oh, cool, it's October. I'll figure so it out a way. one That's... kidney by then, you know, <laughs> you know we'll be fine. I mean, dude, and like, I don't... I don't have a ton of money. My coaching practice is relatively small. Like I do well enough to get, to keep the lights on, but like I'm not sitting on like 300 K at cash somewhere, uh, you know, like mommy and daddy don't have any money. So when that $75,000 bill came due and I'm like, Oh boy, okay. What did I just do? 
And then I just started selling tickets. And luckily, like Eve was huge because Eve's got a massive group of women that love her and will follow her to the end of the earth. And I think like the first 40 tickets sold were to Eve's people. So I'm like, okay, so we're moving. And then it just kind of started growing. And then it had slowed down substantially as we got closer to the event. But then there was still some buzz trickling in. So we made it happen. And, you know, from a financial perspective, I didn't, I, I lost money, but what I gained was way more valuable. And I mean, I mean, you saw the feedback has been, people are still like, we're two weeks out now and people are still talking about it. It just, it blew the, the wheels off of any event that I've ever been to. Like, I wish I was able to actually sit in that room and be present and enjoy it the way that I wanted to. Obviously I learned some things that I would do different next year, which I think was going to be inevitable anyway. But I, I think that what we did was, A, we gave people like you who had never spoken before some credibility and some and some voice. And now I, I'm surprised you're not getting more and more asks. I'm sure you will be if you already haven't already. So there was definitely some people that I've that I've been learning from personally. And I'm like, why haven't these people spoken somewhere they should be? And now they are. So that happened. A bunch of people who were not even having active coaching practices reached out to me or like, this is the event that re-sparked my interest in wanting to do this again because it was going in the wrong direction. And I like, you basically brought it back to life. And now I have like seven people that reached out that were like, I'm reigniting my coaching practice. I'm starting it up again. I'm done. Like, I don't want to wait anymore. Like this was with a fire that lit me up. So it's just, I have not received one piece of negative commentary from anybody that's came. Um, so obviously mission accomplished all across the board. Yeah, I, I definitely, I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Again, I don't, I guess I don't have a ton to compare it to, but I will say that the intimacy level was like, like you could tell you and I had interacted a little bit. We did an Instagram live, but like I told, was telling Jen, I was like within like, within like the first three hours of the, the weekend, we'll call it as Monday, Tuesday, whatever, but within like the first three hours of the weekend, like I could feel what your attempt, what your intentions were. Like I could feel after having breakfast I was like, ah, like this is not uh, doctor, everyone, doctor, so-and-so in a white coat who's going to be, has like a laser pointer, doesn't doesn't interact with the crowd, and then you don't see him again for the whole weekend. This was like a lot of people who all, who, who all, the people that I think spoke, not everyone, because they came in all shapes and sizes, but a lot of them sure. are the kinds of people who interact a ton with their following. And so there were a lot of like people that already knew each other and a lot of like, you know, we've interacted online and you're my you're my friend's coach. And it felt like there was like a real quick intimacy to it where like people were like, you know, just, just like the, I called it like recess where like all the, you know, for like lunch and stuff, like everyone was very amicable and sitting next to each other and nobody was like fucking Mr. Big Shot and too cool for school and um, that was to me, I, I caught on to that really quick. I, you know, whatever I was fo focused on my own, my own bullshit, making sure I didn't fucking have a panic attack before I went up there. And, but it quickly realized like once I was like getting a temperature of the room, that that was your intent, that that wasn't by accident. And that that was, it was palpable. Like you could feel that that was like with the intent without you even saying that that was the goal. I could really feel it. And I'm guessing that that's novel. I'm guessing that that is a bit new. Um, and that, that is not easy, and I'm and I'm just gonna not gonna blow you for the next ten minutes. But it's not easy, but it is clear that it's um, it's something that you meant to do, and it's something that reflects your personality and like what you were what you've been missing. Is that was that like a big thing for you, where you're like, I don't want this to be like a talk at you, big di disconnect between speaker and speaky or person in the yeah. crowd. Yeah. I've just been to so many of these things to where like I mean I've even seen like some of the best speak. Like I've seen Lane Norton, I've seen yeah. Alan Aragon speak, yeah. and. Yeah their voice is drowned out by the fact that they're being 
kind of asked to speak on certain things that they have already spoken about. And it's purely to get their celebrity into the room because they want to put asses in seats and sell tickets to an event that they're probably making money on. Whereas for me, the intention was never about financial gain at all. In fact, I was like, if I could break even, I'll be happy. I didn't expect to lose as much as I lost. But then after speaking to other people that have ran events, like that's what happens over the first couple of years. And then at some point you break even, and then maybe at some point you actually monetize. For me, my and then I told you guys from the get-go, like if I can even break even and start to make even a small profit, you're all getting the money back on on profit share for the recordings because I don't give a shit about keeping any of this money. I want this thing to live on for the next 25,000 years and change the way that this event space is ran so that coaches have a place to come and source education from. Because so many coaches come into this space and they're like, well, who the fuck do I learn from outside of like NASM or NCI or... Well, the best education I ever got was following people that were really, really good at what they do, DMing them, asking them questions, asking them if I could pay them a hundred bucks for a Zoom call or whatever else. Like I I had begged Alan Crest to talk to him one time. I had begged Cassim Hansen to talk to him one time, but it all like how many people are afraid to do that? Whereas if I could put all those people in one room and be like, okay, cool, he's gonna talk about this for an hour. And then he's gonna be here for two, three days straight. So go pick his brain. Obviously, he's got modules and coursework and other shit that he can sell you. But the, some of these sidebar conversations that you can have in these rooms are so, so valuable that it can it can change the course of your business. It could solve a problem you may not even know you had. It can it can put education into your lap that you didn't know existed. Like Mike T. Nelson, I didn't even know he had a fucking course available. Like I knew he was talking about all this stuff all the time and educated at the university level. But I didn't realize he had that flexible dieting certification and, and I got signed up with that. Like it just to me, having a bunch of celebrities that are fitness celebrities standing on stage telling you about how successful they are for like the 23 year old trainer that might work really well to fire them up and get them excited about being a trainer. But for the 39 year old trainer, it's not solving any of my problems. It's not solving my clients problems. It's not solving my problems. It's not giving me any more confidence about my subject matter you know, knowledge. And that's what I'm thirsty for. Like, I, I don't even listen to fucking music in the car anymore. I'm listening to podcasts while I work out. I'm listening to podcasts while I drive. It drives my loved ones crazy because they're like, just put something else on other than people's voices. I'm like, you don't understand. Like as a coach, I want to know about everything that's going on. And I'm that curious about stuff. And I think that's what makes guys like you and I very good at what we do because we're absorbing other people's information because we don't ever assume that we're the best at what we do. Yeah, and I and I, I part of me was like, um, how do I how do I phrase this correctly? But there was like a like like Jordan Sia came. I've known Jordan for a long time. You've spoken to Jordan. Jordan's one of a kind human being. Love Jordan to death. But there's a there's like a if you get Jordan and Kasim and Alan Aragon and Lane, it's it's interesting because on some of them, I'm guessing for you, like those are those are amazing. Like at face value, you're like ah, these are like industry leaders. Absolutely, people I want on the on the on the docket here. But then you have people like Eve. You have people like. Juan, you have people like who are not, you know, if we're just looking at the hierarchy of like information dissemination and we have our, our like tippy top, it's like Alan Lane, people who are like reading and doing direct research and Brad Schoenfeld and stuff. Like as you go down that list, it, it, people aren't any less useful. There's people like me and you and Juan and, you know, that are like, you know, one, incredibly passionate, but two, like actually speaking to the people in the crowd on a, on a regular basis versus like Lane might be speaking to like me and you. And me and you might be in charge of speaking to the people that were at that at your at your summit. And I felt that that was that was like um, 
it was good to have Jordan. It was good to have Andrew, people that are like uh, one level up in terms of huge following. But I thought it was also, I thought it was also like, I don't know, that just, it's just like the level of person that was speaking is always, I'm guessing for you, you want to mix, right? You don't just want 30 Jordans who like, I love Jordan. Jordan's the nicest guy literally ever. But I'm saying if you have 30 Jordans, it's like such a, it's just a different thing. It's just a different thing. That's all I was trying to explain to Jenna. I'm like, it was a nice mix of like, Jordan, who's fucking massive, all the way down to like little old me and like other people who don't have huge followings, but are like, but are used to speaking to this exact person whose butt is in that seat. And so that 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 was quite nice. Um, was there was there something that you, I guess, more directly, something that you were most proud of, and something that you felt like tangibly, you're like, ooh, I'm gonna, I'd like to not this, not that this went poorly, but you're like, ooh, I'd like to maybe do this in a different way next time. I was proud of just seeing everybody talking to one another. Like I was walking around that room and I just got filled with so much joy that like, here I am like allowing people this space to shed their kind of apprehensions about one another. There was no clicks. There was friends that were made that we never thought were going to be made. There was none like, there was none of these, like, I'm not going to talk to you and you're not going to talk to me because we're not part of the same camp. None of that. And I think just having the happy hours at night and having the breakfast and the lunches. So the only thing I'm going to really change for next year are two things. I'm going to add food to the happy hours so people don't leave. Sorry. Very simply, yeah, just like keep, them, keep them keep all them in the same. Yeah. Just keep everybody everywhere together yeah. the whole yeah, time. so key. I love that. So that's number one. And then idea. number two, I'm going to do, instead of three speakers at a time, I'll do two speakers at a time with 60-minute slots or maybe even 70-minute slots just to give more room for Q&A and more room for information. And then the other thing I wanted to add was at least two panels a day. I thought or sorry, at least one panel yeah. a day. Um, where the, my my thought was for next year was going to do. I, I want to break it out into business, nutrition, fitness, and mindset. So I want to have four components that I that are very very visible across the disciplines. So you know maybe we're doing a an after lunch business panel, and then a, a close out to the day nutrition panel. Then day two an after lunch mindset panel, then a, a close out fitness panel. So that way the subject matter experts in those specific fields can sit at the same stage. Maybe it's three people only, whatever. And I want to make it a little bit more intimate. And that way people can just fire questions at them. Yep. I and can see that being incredibly fun. Yep. Then that's it. And that's the only thing I'll change. I'm going to keep the venue the same. I'm going to keep the spirit the same. Um, obviously I think it was going to be a little bit bigger next year. The attendees might, might rise by a little bit. Um, I'll probably, I already kind of have a list of people that I've communicated with about next year who have already kind of given me soft commitments about it. Uh, but the spirit's going to stay the same. I'm not going to, I'm going to invite, I don't want to say bigger names, but it's just garnered the attention of some of the people that are like, wow, I, I didn't know about this thing, but I would have loved to speak at it. And this, and the same thing's going to go. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to offer anybody any money to do it. Because I think the second you start paying people for their time, they show up as a different person. I like if I that. start, if like like Jordan, Jordan, Jordan's assistant had asked me if I could pay for his flight, and I told her, I said, I just can't fucking afford it. Like I'm, I'm barely able to pay for the hotel rooms, let alone the flights, or or give them like speaking fees. And then after a day of just basically being hat in hand and and talking to her on the phone, she's like, he's gonna come. Yeah. He's one of a kind though. He's just like a special, special dude. But, but that's what I want though. Like, like, let's be honest. Anybody who's on that stage in that room is probably making enough money to justify being there for a couple of days and losing out on a couple hours of work. I, I'm, I'm in me, that camp. I'm not like, you're not going to correct me if I'm wrong. No, I wouldn't. I mean, 
and it, and everyone, I suppose I'll start with everyone's different, but I definitely felt like, I mean, I just don't know if you're in the right business. If you don't really, really love the opportunity to get in front of people and talk about something you're passionate about and then interact with those exact people who are like technically, ultimately your customers, most for the most part, uh, not always yeah. your direct customer, but in, in some ways it's, it's like, I mean, I, I, what I will, what I will say is like, again, I haven't, I've been to some of these and I've done a million courses online and all of this. So we've all done that stuff. But to me, you had mentioned earlier, you're like, well, I didn't want it to be this like just powwow where you just get excited and then that's it. And I didn't want it to be like the white coat, you know, you took a bunch of notes, but you didn't talk to anybody sort of thing. Um, what I will say though, is I, I agree with you. It was a nice balance of those two. Certainly like very informative. People were certainly not just like just pumping people up and that was it. But I thought it was a good mix of those two. And I'll tell you one thing right now, I'm speaking directly to like a future attendee, like you should periodically go to this thing, these things, whether it's yours or there's different ones, whatever. You should periodically go for two reasons. One, if it's amazing, I, if you don't leave, this is, how, this is literally how I feel. If you didn't get on the plane home and immediately start making a list of all the shit you're pumped up to do with your business, if you didn't get on that fucking plane, I literally, after the second night, like got home and I was like, regardless of like learned this or learned that, like you should be jacked the fuck up to like be your best especially because Jordan ended it, you know, and that, that's my guy just like fucking always gets me jacked up to like fulfill my potential. But if you yeah. didn't get on that plane thinking like, I am so excited to go home and fulfill my potential and be the best coach I can be for the people that I want to serve and all. I mean, man, like if you haven't felt that way, go to, and I guess specifically one like this where it's, it's more intimate. Um, and yes, information is important. There should have been take-homes. There should have been things that you, you should have taken some note somewhere that you're like, yeah, this is something I'll take home. But fuck, man, you should leave with your like excitement glass full and you should come home and be fucking pouring that shit all over your business. And and I think I felt that way and I am I spoke, you know what I mean? Like I, I sat I sat through everyone else's talks too. And, you know, I just, I, if people are asking me what my main take-home was all the time, I'm like, come here do these things periodically, invest in, I know it's a plane ride, I know it's a hotel, but invest in this stuff, you will leave fucking fired up, or you should, and if you're not fired up, it's probably not for you, but if you, you, I left fired up, I can only imagine the other people left fired up about just going on and continuing their education and doing the best for the client. So that was just what I wanted to say, like if, if, if I felt that way, fuck man, you, an attendee better feel that way, and if you don't feel that way, it's probably not for you. I like the idea that that there's some takeaway that that gets immediately installed somewhere in your life. And I think like I talked about it so much to my clients and our clients are obviously they're end users of our information. And even they were excited about it. Like the amount of people that were like, well, one of my clients was physically there. Well, actually two of my clients were physically there, but one of them was a coach who's now going to restart her coaching practice. Cause she's fired up. And another one of my clients was there just as an attendee, just to learn from stuff that that was more subject matter related that she enjoyed I already have, I would say probably 10 of my clients that are already interested in next year because they were like, I just couldn't make it work this year and I want to come next year. Because this stuff, outside of the business stuff that was going on, that was maybe being talked about, like the scalability of your business or social media, a lot of that stuff, the end user has access to right there. So let's say like, you know, Mrs. Jones, who's got issues with menopause, like next year, I want to have a couple of people that are going to speak on menopause. Why wouldn't you want to be there? You're getting it like from a very credible source who's literally working with this demographic anyway. And now you can source that education directly. And if 
It's stuff you already know. Great. It validates that you're doing the right thing. If it's stuff you didn't know, maybe you bought a book you didn't know about before. Oh yeah, totally. Like, like, like I had seen multiple people post about, um, uh, Lacey Dunn's got a book out and multiple people had, had posted copies of her book after like Sam Miller's book was getting sold. I did. Right uh, I, 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 uh, immediately, you know, so I, uh, uh, well, let's not even go into that, but I immediately took Stan up on his partnership with LabCorp to do his, his, so he's got like, so uh, like uh, for those of you guys don't, uh, whatever, Stan Efforting, whatever, let's not even go into it, but Stan, he offers, uh, he's partnered with LabCorp. He has like a, a panel that he's kind of like a la carte put together where it's like, Hey, here's like a, a comprehensive health panel that he would particularly yep. do for those that are interested in body composition. Um, and it's for me, it had a couple things on there that like you might not get in a standard panel, like a, like an APOB and a lipoprotein little a, and like some of these other, um, more in-depth thyroid panel and, you know, vitamin D and some of these things, the vitamin B, all the B vitamins might not come standard. And so that was like, again, just like a, a clear, like I could have gotten that information elsewhere, I guess, but I didn't. And it was like a thing where I immediately was like, all right, Amazon. And, you know, and Jordan talked about uh, motivational interviewing. It's like a book that has crazy impact on my life. And if you owned motivational interviewing stock, as Jordan was talking, like you did great because there were people all over the room that fucking pulled up Amazon on their phone and bought motivational interviewing because that's what you should do. And it took you flying all the way to Vegas. You could have got that information on one of the gazillion podcasts that Jordan has done where he talks about motivational interviewing, but flying all the way to Vegas, getting that room, you know, meeting people, it took that and that's okay. That's a, it's a worth, that's a worthy trade in my opinion. You ever, you ever have that con, it, this happens with, me with music all the time. Sometimes when I, when I get introduced to music that I don't know about, and I hear it in somebody's car, it does nothing for me. And then I go to the concert and I'm immersed in the event. And then you hear that song live and you're like, this does not sound anything like it did on the radio at the, in the car. But now I'm feeling it like I'm immersed in it. I'm enjoying I'm it. And all of a sudden no, now, I'm half fucked up. Of course, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but now I can feel like I'm part of this, this thing where I wasn't before. Yeah. The live event thing is... A, from a sourcing of education standpoint, is a no-brainer. From the connectivity standpoint of being around people, because a lot of people still don't really think that we have real jobs. Like, most of the world still is like, you're a fucking health coach. Like, who are you? Like, you're not a doctor. You're not even a trainer anymore, really. So now you're just sitting, like, in front of a microphone, yelling at people on Instagram. Like, what do you really do? So people don't even, like, for us, it's nice to be able to be in a room with other people that are doing the crazy thing oh, yeah. that we're doing. And just know that we're on the right path because sometimes it gets fucking lonely like my parents don't really i was about to I... fucking ask you if your parents have any clue what you do they my parents no. don't really know they can't really explain it yeah no God bless i mean them. think about it. armenian father like do you like do you think he has any idea yeah. like he still like uses a burner on the floor to like cook the goat meat with like he's this is so my, outside my, of his my dad's <laughs> also a, also immigrant my dad's from the netherlands and he Bless him. He like could not for the life of him understand that I would leave my lucrative going well in person business to like take a chance with the internet. Like, I mean, my dad's like savvy, like he, he's in IT, he's, he understands the concept of the internet just fine. But like this idea of like you have a really great thing here and you're going to go like start something from scratch on social media or something. And it just was like, uh, yeah, yeah, that was like, it's nice evaluating being people in the same room who like understand what it is. Yep. Well, that's the other thing is I, I I couldn't even get excited about the event because the only people that were excited about the event was was me and then the people that were kind of joining it. 
but I had nobody to like talk about it to. Like I couldn't, my parents had no idea what the hell I was doing. And my mom, my, my mom kept asking like, do you need money? That was her <laughs> biggest like question. It was like, yeah. how, how much is this going to destroy grand. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's a bit, she's like, how much is this going to financially destroy you? I said, I don't know yet. The bill's not quite here. Um, but after, but even now, like I was hoping that they would be there, but my mother had a pacemaker installed in December. So she still wasn't allowed to fly. So hopefully universe willing next year, she will come or they will come. They will see what it is, what it actually is, because continued education is something that's absolutely necessary in this business. I, I don't care who you are. If you're not pursuing continued ed, your client should get rid of you tomorrow. Immediately. Like your clients, you're doing your clients such a disservice. And I don't care if you know this shit ass backwards and front to back and you're so good at it. I promise you hearing it in a different language might spark something that you didn't know how to do before. And if it doesn't, like you said earlier, this is not the business for you. It just isn't like uh, my clients were legitimately jacked up that I made an event to educate people. Cause they were like, wow, I picked the right guy to coach with because he values education. Whereas like, because half the time it's not just about giving them macros and giving them a workout plan and telling them to turn their bicep up to the ceiling to feel their lats more. They don't give a shit about that. What they care about is they have somebody who genuinely cares about them. And that's not something you can teach, but it's something that's clearly, clearly evident when you see people in these rooms who are getting fired up for this information because they clearly want to create the best possible experience and outcome for the individuals they're working with. And that's why we're in this business, in my opinion. Yeah, there's there's the pursuit of more information should be, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's, it's sometimes a double-edged sword with, with like a, from an, from like a Dunning-Kruger like sort of situation where you just like always the pursuit of more information. But, but, but if you're a coach, there should be buckets of your life. And one of those buckets is what am I doing to get better right now over the long term? And that, that's like a bucket that I'm always like just double checking that I'm doing something. Even if it's like I listen to a podcast 30 minutes every day or if it's like whatever it is, there should be something that's like I take care of my chickens. That's my phrase for like take care of the people that that pay you currently. Take care of your clients. Take care of the people that are already buying your stuff and then do your social media or whatever. Do your content creation. And then there should be another bucket of like ongoing education or whatever in air quotes. But like something you're doing to not stand still. Um, and I think that I think that. Again, I I feel like if you're I had a, I had several clients there, maybe ten clients there, and people from my group were definitely there, and they left fired up, and I'm like I fucking love that. That's what you. I mean, I'm not again. We talk about it's not just about getting fired up. You should have also learned one thing or two, but even yeah. just getting fired up, man, has such crazy knock on benefits. You know, I, you know, I can tell you something funny actually. There was um, I don't know why I'm going to tell you this. I, maybe I shouldn't have said this, but there was a lady who messaged me like before. Uh, and asked me where it was, and I told her where it was, and she was like, oh, that's the old Hard Rock, like, what a piece of shit hotel, and she, like, said something <laughs> so rude, and I was like, first of all, shut the fuck up, like, it was so rude, it was like, that place is fucking terrible, that place was great, I actually, well, it, I, it, it worked was, out wonderfully, I thought, no, I mean, I, I'm if not you a, saw, you know? if you If you saw the Hard Rock before. It was rough? Yeah, I mean, do, do you remember the rehab pool party that there was a TV show about? No, I've been to a pool party or two, and and but but yeah, I have not. So there was a pool party at the Hard Rock Hotel called Rehab. Was it, it rehab it, DJing? Is that why? Maybe no, it, but it, like there was there was logos. Like there was a TV show on MTV about it. Like it was a oh, big, I see it. big deal. I see it. I see it. I see it. I just googled it and, in the background. Uh, okay. And then once it started, to, what happened was it started to draw. It started to get cheaper and cheaper every year. Um, they wanted to make it more like bigger and more accessible. And then over time, it turned into like. 
anybody anybody can go and there was coolers running through the middle of the hotel it just lost all of its class I'm, and, I'm all of its that, yeah. and what happened was covid didn't help and then all of a sudden hard rock tanked and then the company that i my my uh client works for they bought it 10 cents on the dollar so it was this woman was not wrong it was a piece of shit and they revamped it into this beautiful property with you know nobu was on there yeah. There's a nice steakhouse there. There's a huge arena in there. There's all sorts of meeting spaces and it's a beautiful place. But I thought that the, I mean, Jesus, just the food alone was. I thought the food was I awesome. Mean, I mean, food was awesome. Dude, and we, you got, you got a tough crowd with the fucking fitness folk of like, uh, do we have food that tastes good or do we have food that's healthy or do we have food? I thought it was, I thought it was spot on. It was really good. Um, yeah. 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 Those are, no, that was, that was good. And that, that kept people in that keep people, that kept people like coming to breakfast and coming to lunch. I mean, if it was shit, you're in Vegas, you can go get good food. But it, the fact that it was good was like, we had packed meals every time. It was great. Well, that was so part of the agreement with the hotel is you have to spend $75,000 in food and beverage. So essentially you're not paying for the meeting spaces, you're paying for the food and beverage, and then they give you the meeting spaces. Um, and 75,000, I mean, I think my, I ended up going 79 and it was plus like fees and whatever else. It ends up being a lot more than that. But I think well, the highest price I charged for tickets was five ninety eight. I mean, I've been to events that I've paid $800 for that I didn't get a candy bar from. Um, and I got two days of education and I put that in very, very loose air quotes because it wasn't anything applicable to me whatsoever. And that's the other problem. I think sometimes you have to read the temperature of the crowd that's coming. I I mean, I knew that it was going to be almost 85, 90% women in attendance. Um Again, I think a very underserved population, not just from an end user standpoint, but from a coaching standpoint. Like, oh, there's a lot of women that are battling with this idea of I'm an imposter. I don't know what I'm doing. How dare I help people when I don't even have my own shit figured out? So I think this was a great way to get women to understand that, hey, you are a good coach and you do resonate with your clients and you can certainly brush up on these other areas. But you can you're very much in the driver's seat and you are changing lives. And I want to keep the demographic about that way. For next year and i think that's already who's coming to the next one so maybe i tailor the speakers a little bit more towards that demographic because somebody like stan was fantastic for for a lot of people but he was probably one of the for from a social media standpoint like three hundred fifty thousand followers very small draw in that population uh connor harris 120 something thousand followers very decorated physical therapist i, I was pumped connor was there and i was one of like 10 i don't know whatever there was like i don't know 50 whatever it was it was not the second day was a ton yeah yeah, yeah. the second better, day was yeah, a ton yeah, yeah, he had a better slot i, th I saw this but the day. first day he didn't get many people in there and it's like i'm thinking about this stuff i'm like okay well it doesn't mean that I, that the event was bad or the speakers were bad it's just that this just didn't resonate with that individual great fine at least now we know we have the temperature of the room we know what to do better next year so that's what's going to be able to very naturally Allow, allow me to have better conversations with who's going to be on stage next year. Um, do you, did you I find can't. that, did you find that, that in asking somebody to come speak that there was a, like, let's say you take Connor, Connor, if, well, my, my, my ask to you is, all right, so you're, you're planning, you're going to try and put a lineup together here, right? We're trying to put together like a music festival here of speakers. And you, how much of like that process was about communicating because I don't recall necessarily our conversations of like, 
this is the demographic. And maybe you weren't even 100% sure what the demographic would I look had, like. Because, I had no idea. Because that could have easily like tailored some of people's topics. And and I think about like, if, if I'm Connor, maybe I'm like, all right, there's like 80% women here, coaches. Maybe we're talking about like uh, pelvic floor pelvic stuff. Pelvic floor. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, anterior yeah. pelvic um, tilt stuff or, you know. And so I, I, I don't know about you, but I'm thinking like, you know now what this what the potential demographic looks like. And so there's almost like a, hey, like, P.S. I love all your stuff. But like, just let you know, this is our demographic and you do with that what you want. But that information is probably helpful. I've had a couple people already reach out who are like, hey, can I get on stage next year? Which, first of all, and Andrew Coates talks about this all the time. You better be fucking real good at what you do before you ask somebody to speak on stage. I've never in my life had the balls to ask somebody to go and present. I know I could, but I'll wait for the invite. You know what I mean? It's like it's like when you show up to the club, like put the free champagne down and know that you're going to have to pay for it at some point. Like there's some couth and etiquette that comes with Agreed. this type of thing. Yeah, I'm with that. And I think Molly Galbraith, when I talked to her at Raise the Bar, which was the event that was basically the week before week mine, before which Dallas, I thought was right? an awesome event also. Different business systems, way more that way. But same thing, intimate. Obviously not food and booze, but still intimate and really good. Nick and Derek are fantastic at what they do. And that's why I want to partner with them to make sure that we capture – different sides of the year. So we're not so close to one another, but Molly told me, and I said, and I, I was joking with her and I said, Molly, I, you would be perfect to be, she's like, I know I've oh, done totally. this for 20 years. Yeah. I have to be very selective about what I say yes to and what I say no to, because there's so much of my energy that gets devoted to podcasting and my courses and my current business. So like she, she rejected, she kind of almost rejected me early in a way that was very classy Whereas I've had other people that I've asked in the past who are just like, give me a thousand dollars or I'm not coming. Um, there's one person right now who I'm speaking to, who I want to come. And immediately the first question out of his mouth was how much am I getting paid? And and I just immediately said, don't even worry about it. Yeah. We're not, um, we're not on the same wavelength. And it's, and it's because again, like, let's be honest. Most of us are making 10 to 20 K at a minimum a month. Most of us, like any good coach out there is probably in that range somewhere. If you can't dedicate two days of your fucking life to give back to this community and you're making at least $10,000 a month, don't tell me you can't afford or you're going to lose out on so much business that you won't be able to recover because of two days. It's a business expense, number one. So it's fucking fully tax deductible. So kiss my ass. Second of all, it puts you in front of people that may not have been exposed to your education already. So there's a sales potential for you of at least 150 people. And then third, it's philanthropy. For God's yeah. sakes, this business gave you everything you are today. And if you can't take 48 hours out of your schedule to go give back to the people that you were in those seats at one point, then you're an asshole and I don't want you in this business. And you're the reason why this business fucking sucks. And that's what I'm trying to change. I'm looking at the Raise the Bar Instagram and I see I, I see a distinct difference. That's all. I see a distinct difference in clientele, potentially distinct difference. Not like it's there's not overlap. There's a ton of overlap. In a good way, just like in a yeah. high quality way. But there's definitely a difference. I can imagine, I, I know every person on this list here, and I can imagine that, that it would have been different in ways that are fine, but let's just say different. Maybe potentially a little sure. bit less intimate, potentially a little bit more like business and systems for yep. sure. Um, and so that that's kind of cool. I feel like we definitely don't need 900 of the same things. And if I'm you, I'm thinking, okay, they do a great job. There's some big names here on this list, but like it's different. There's a reason that like, 
I didn't know that this was happening, the raise the bar thing. Only I messaged Jordan. I was like, yo, pumped to see you next week, bro. He's like, oh, raise the bar. I'm like, no, no, no. Afterwards, he's like, oh yeah, coach summit. Like he did, like, like I didn't even know it was happening. And there were people like, my point is that there was enough of a not overlap that I feel like that's important too, where you're like, okay, I don't want to just be the same as something that somebody else is doing. Uh, so that that's important to like, I oh, whatever, carve your niche sort of like eye roll. But that, that I guess on some level is, is really the word. Yeah. And I was also competing with like, there was, um, it was Arnold weekend, the weekend before. Oh yeah. So like that oh, Friday shit. and Saturday. Is that in Sunday Vegas was or Columbus? Columbus? That was in Columbus. Columbus. So like that bodybuilding community that actually is some, for some reason, I, I have a large bodybuilding following, like a lot of the female bodybuilders are following me. A lot of male bodybuilders, a lot of coaches in the bodybuilding space follow me. Um, so that obviously I didn't capture that demographic because most of them were going to dedicate themselves to that. You got Alan Cress's event coming up with Vince Pitstick at the end of this month, the Hybrid Health Summit. Um, you had the Excellence Cartel doing their thing at the beginning of January. You had Raise the Bar. You got NCI Coaching Con coming up in April. So there's a lot of these events. And I tell everybody, I'm like, if you could afford to go to all of them, go to fucking all of them. Do you have something because- that you really love? I don't want to be, I don't want to cut you off. But are you, are you like, hey, these are, you know, we can without talking shit about ones you don't name. I mean, are there ones that you're like, you know what? Like they do a great job. Like that's like another one I would recommend. I'm definitely going to go. I'm definitely going to become a staple that raised the bar for sure, because it's stuff that I'm bad at that I need more of. Fair. Um, Jason. Uh, so Jeff Sue and and Jeff Black and all those guys that run the physique collect uh, education collective PC. They do their online and in person. I think they do that like two or three times. It's Austin Stout. Uh, a couple other guys, they do their thing a couple of times a year. I think that one would be wildly valuable because that's very education forward. Uh, much less, I think, on the connectivity side. There's smaller crowds. It's probably like 40 or 50 people in attendance. It's in a much smaller scope. So I like that. Um, Luca Hosevar just hosted one that Andrew Coates was at. Luca's is kind of hybrid both because it does, he doesn't add his gym. And I think Luca's awesome at what he does. Uh, so there's a lot of, I mean, listen, man, at this point in my career, like you're not going to teach me something about protein. I don't already know, but maybe I'll learn something about programming or cardiovascular implementation that I didn't know. Like Joel Jameson is somebody I'd like to get on stage because he's really good at what he does. And there's just so many people that are so such fountains of information. Like Mike T. Nelson can literally fill, he could, he could have spoke by himself for two straight days he's and like, would have he's never like, he's read. like am i really done yet i'm done already? right like <laughs> like, yeah. like he could have spoken by himself for two days straight and people would have gotten different information at each hour because that guy's been in this business for 25 years and he's been teaching for 25 years like there's people out there like that that we need it's, and mike's got like three thousand followers on instagram like yeah he's not a social still, media guru yeah but like we know him because we've learned from him but a lot of a lot of other good coaches or trying to become good coaches don't know him because he's not that big yet because it's really what what ends up being drawn is the prominence and the follower account as opposed to some of these smaller accounts that you've never heard about who are probably also fairly educational that are really really good at what they do and when you put them on stage they're fantastic but until they they're given that microphone you don't know so that's that's the direction that we're going in, I think. And when I say we, I mean I, because I'm, there's still not going to be a team. There's still not going to be anybody that's going to be Just organizing. You slippers, that's it. Yeah. Oh, dude, my feet were so goddamn bad. Let's just say this. I came home, and on Wednesday, I ate Jersey Mike's and pizza in the same day and ice cream sandwiches. And I still wasn't quite full because I had, like, my energy was just completely tapped out. And I finally... I finally surfaced for air on like Monday morning and then I'm like, 
Okay, I have to get back to work. There's I mean, no answer like, nine million DMs and 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 mentions and all that stuff. Yeah, I kept all of it. I yeah. mean, I was oh, doing yeah. it the whole time because I just and even people were like, "Well, don't worry if you don't get back to me." I'm like, "No, like if you took the time to tag me in something, I'm gonna I'm gonna respond. I'm gonna acknowledge it. Like I can't not. I, I I'm not gonna let that sit that shit slide because I think it's important. If people are, and the, again, Andrew Coates, attribute all of my responsiveness to somebody like him who like if you have a hundred something thousand followers and you're still responding with a voice note to each one like you're somebody special yo fact and i will never i'll never that's like my main take home from jordan's thing too we're like i i not that not that we need to go into this too much but there's like a i feel like I look at someone like Jordan and he's got 900,000, whatever he's at, whatever these days is, is not even really his value. It's it undervalues him, frankly. But I have, I have, when I say I, I mean literally me and, and all the people that are listening to this podcast that are coaches, we have a, a, an advantage over Jordan. That advantage is we can scale the unscalable. We can go to a length that makes no sense because it's so not scalable. We can answer with voice notes. We can get a hop on a Zoom call. We can hop on a phone call. We can answer every DM. We can, I mean, I answer every single form video in my group and people are like, oh, this makes no sense. I'm like, yeah, but I can do it right now and I'm gonna do it. And guess what? That makes me more valuable than than Jordan's program where he's like, now yeah, I got 1 million people in this group or whatever it is, his following or whatever. And so I, th I think about that with Andrew too. And I'm like, guys, if you're a coach, you don't have a hundred, you, you know, he, Andrew's doing it with a hundred thousand. Jordan even said, he's like, I have hundreds of thousands of missed DMs because it's impossible. So guess what you should do as not somebody with 100,000 followers is answer every fucking message and be thorough and be over the top. And be, I feel like in a way that's, that gives us all power over those people. Like you're jealous of Jordan. Absolutely. You should be jealous that you can provide that, you know, whatever. I'm, it's not even about jealous, the wrong word. But anyway, that's how I always feel when I, when I'm, when I think about those, those guys, I'm like, these guys have built amazing followings, but there's something you just can't do when you're you know, Ryan Reynolds, you know, for example, like there's just like, you you know, Ryan Reynolds is like versus a normal person. They're just different. They're different lives, different, you know, whatever. There's like certain advantages you have of actually having a smaller following. Um, I want to put you on a brief spot before I let you go here. But my brief putting you on the spot is that are, you're doing it again. Is this like you're, yes. you're, you got the ball rolling? Yes. It's, I mean, it's, it's. Do you have to, are same. you like waking up the next day being like, hey, we got to start planning? I did. I yeah, had, yeah. I mean, like, I, I mean, maybe not the next day, but no, like, no, no, no. Post Thursday Mike's. of last week post. Yeah. After Jersey Mike's like was digested. I was already like, okay. I mean, let's just say this. I have 45 people on a waiting list already for next year as an attendee. Oh, hell yeah. And I have 11 people on an email list who are present potential presenters already. So like, I'm not wasting any time. I'm going to start. So well, I'm going to be smart about it this year and actually kind of, kind of crowdfund it before I need to pay people. Because again, I, I'm going to be afraid that I might not, it's going to be slightly more expensive than it was last year, just because most it people have be. even said that they were underpaid for what they got. Yeah. Um, if, and now, especially if you're getting every meal covered and every happy hour covered, and it's all, it's basically just walk in, plug and play and enjoy yourself. Like I don't see why that can't be a, an $800 event. And that's still cheap, I think to me. So, but I want to make it accessible. Like I can't price people out of it. I do want to make it slightly more exclusive just because I think a, we have to cover costs and we have anything that we didn't do last year. We have to do better this year and anything that we did well last year, we have to at least keep that same standard because I will never like, it's, I've already had people come out and tell me like, Oh, monetize it, do this and make this much money on it. I'm like, no, no, nope. It's at best, at best. If I'm breaking even, I'm breaking even great. 
if I start getting to a point where I am making money, guess where all that money's going? It's going back to the presenters. And once they're fulfilled, it's going back to the attendees. Because uh, I'm just, I, I, my, my, my business is my money. I have clients. That's fine. Let's, those are going to still keep staying there. I don't need to make money off the event. And anybody that's that's hosting these events purely for the sake of amplifying their bottom line is doing it for the wrong reasons, in my opinion. And that's what I'm trying. I hopefully will drive that out because it's going to become abundantly clear who gives a shit about the people in those seats. And I even told, I mean, I told you guys, I don't give a fuck about you guys. I really like I care to some extent, but the event is about the people that bought tickets to sit in those seats. And if you lose that as an event, if you if it, if it's about catering to the speakers, or I even had some speakers who were like, "Oh, well, I'm worried I might not have enough people in the room." I'm like, "I don't. That's not. It's your fucking problem. If people don't like you enough to be in your room, that's not my fault. I'm sorry. Like, I would be passionate to speak to one person. Like, I've I've done seminars at Orange Theory here locally where 50 people signed up and two people showed. I'm not going to cancel. It's also it's there. also just not. That's not. It, it's not your like whose job is that to to do for you you know like you just you just got to do your best man I'm such an advocate of like just prepare do your best you know like that's literally all you can do I had a lot less people at my second one and and that was because other people were going at a certain time that I knew that were people were going to want to go see and you just what do you, you don't you don't fucking feel sorry for yourself you just do your best and guess what there were people yeah. who asked amazing my second presentation had half the people that were at the first one but I had double the questions. And it was a little bit more intimate, and, and that was like a very nice thing, and and so I I feel you, and, and it's also not who you, it's not your problem necessarily to deal with my dissatisfaction of like nobody's interested in X Y Z topic, you know. I I can't I yeah, can't yeah. do anything about not that. that. It's I irrelevant. It's, just, it's not. It shouldn't be your main focus. Yeah. No, I mean my focus is the people that are funding the event. My focus is the people who spent money to be there. It's about them getting the best experience possible. It's not about stroking the attendee or the presenter's egos. I, it's not my responsibility. Like you think Stan Efferding gave a fuck that there was only 10 people in the first room. He didn't give a shit. He lives in Vegas. He showed up with his briefcase, with his laptop. He's and fucking he presented. huge, bro. He's massive. He's a Yo, big you guy. were standing next to him and I swear, and I'm like, you're, you're a big guy. And I was like, yeah, you were standing next to him. I'm like, fuck this. He's getting out angled hard right now. I was like, you're he's kidding. the, the like, world's massive. biggest bodybuilder ever. I he was on stage at three twenty, yeah, at like four percent. Yeah, it's wild. But that, but I think, I think again, mission accomplished. We did what we came out to do. Nobody left with a sour taste in their mouth. I can't, I can't. If I, I, I would almost want to hear one person tell me that it was bad. Because I, I always, the, the, I, I want to be judged off the bad stuff, not the good stuff. The good stuff is easy to like ride high on. I always want to know, like, what, how are you doing on your worst day? It's like with our clients, right? Like. It's never the right time. We're always going to be too busy. Like we want to be able to be supportive of you when you're having the chaos happen in your life. We don't need to coach you when the runway is clear and everything's perfect. We want to coach you when your life is fucking chaos and you can't implement all these action steps. So I want to be judged off the event as if it was the worst thing on the planet and I can make something out of it. So. Yep. Agreed. Let me, we're coming up on time and I'll be respectful of your time. Yeah. got an hour. I got to. We both have things to do. Why don't you let people know where they can find you? I appreciate you coming on. I had a ton of fun, ton of fun at the conference. It's super fun. Do you prefer conference or summit or what's like the event? The, event, event. All right, cool. Event. Yeah, I had a great time. Super fun. Mind you, tell me where they can find you, man. Four weeks to the beach uh, at four weeks to the beach on Instagram. The, the numbers four and two to the beach uh, Instagram. Uh, the event. We are still selling recordings, so if you want, if you missed it, you couldn't be there in person. The recordings are being sold now. They're almost finished. I just talked to the editors today. 
So I'm sure whenever this drops, we'll be pretty close to the, the recording. And it's going to be nice. It's going to be the person's presentation uh, superimposed next to them speaking. So you'll be able to see both very clearly and hear everything nicely. So there is a lot of information there. Um, and then if you want to get on the email list for next year at, a dis at the discounted rate, which will be very, very inexpensive compared to what it should have been, uh, just shoot me a DM, send me your email. Uh, and if you ever have any questions that... You know, Jordan's so horrible about hypertrophy training. If he, if he doesn't get back to you in time, just DM me. I, I've studied all the same stuff he has. Sounds good, man. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks so much. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Where Optimal Meets Practical. If you liked the episode, it would mean the world to me if you posted a screenshot to your social media or left a five-star review on iTunes. That stuff really helps. If you ever want to get in touch with me, just shoot me a DM on Instagram, at Jordan Lips Fitness. I'm always around to chat. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.